welcome to another episode of Conversations with Mo. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Mo. What up, Mo? What up, Mo? What's going on with you? Girl, life. I know. It's okay, I'm not gonna say this again. It's so cold in here. It feels girl, the colder the better. Yeah, if I was in the bed. I'm okay with being cold, like as long as I'm in the bed. I got covers to cover up. Cold is matching my soul right now. Yeah, you're not your like you know, I realize feisty self today. You know, today. this week, you know, this week I realized that I just can't with certain people. I just can't with certain people. I'm not going to comment on that. Let me tell you, like, I've had to deal with some people this week, and I just wanted to sit back and just reflect on that. And then I had to realize last night that everybody ain't for me. I tell people all the time, I may not be your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, but I am somebody Hennessy straight. So, mm. you might be somebody, what's your favorite drink? Girl. Your favorite liquor? Mm. I love now. I like some of everything, but a lot of people don't do this tequila. But this is this tequila. Me and my homegirl. Hey, Jotris. Hey, boo. Cabo Wabo. Mm. Oh, so you girl. are you are somebody's uh, Cabo Wabo. Yes, Cabo. It's been an interesting week, um, to say the least. Um, work has been work, of course. Shout out to Dish and his nice free T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Shout out to ADP. Yes. So it's been an eventful week. Um, so trying to get homework done. The court is almost over. Yeah. And then one day this week, nice segue into our, our topic for today. Um, so this week we're going to talk about um, emotional unavailability and how do you know if the person that you are dating in a relationship with if they are emotionally unavailable to you. And it all this is all kind of started <laughs> a friend of mine um her therapist recommended this podcast. So the podcast um is by this author named Natalie Lou. She's from the UK and the topic was emotional unavailability. And so my best friend was like, she dropped it in my inbox and she was like, bitch, get your whole life. <laughs> Listen to this and get your whole life. I was like, okay, okay, girl, I got you. Mm-hmm. So I listened to it and I wasn't even like six minutes in. And I paused it and I FaceTimed her and I was like, oh, bitch. Like. This shit really just, it pinpointed so many guys in my life. And I'm like, all these niggas is emotionally unavailable to me. And I'm like toughing it out and hanging in there and still like keeping a smiling face. And I should really get the fuck on. So it made me it made me really want to bring up the topic and talk to you guys and and shout out to Ty Cobra. She couldn't be here with us this morning. Her father is ill, so love and hugs and kisses your way. Love you, boo boo. Love you, boo. Um, so it made me want to talk about it with y'all. Cause and I sent the podcast to y'all. So I was like, listen, Ty Cobra was on the way back from New York at the time, and I was like, hey. 
on the plane, in the car, listen to this, get your life. And she was like, all right, all right, all right, cool. And I had, I sent it to like a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And one of my homegirls was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> listen, I'm about to cut some people off. Like, so I, I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about this because I feel like it's very important to be able to identify if someone is emotionally unavailable to you because they can give you so many signs that you may be unaware of mm. that are true, like, signs, red flags, flares, burning buildings, and you just like, no, he's great. He has a great credit score. He has a good job. He takes me on trips. Mm. He does all these great things with me. Mm. And you're getting mixed signals. So we're going to dive right into it. So Natalie Lou identified 10 signs that a person is emotionally unavailable to you. So the first one was um, hot and cold. But before we get into her signs, Mo, how do you know if somebody's emotionally unavailable to you? Okay. I just from personal experience from friends, past relationships and whatnot, I get the feeling that when we're chatty in the beginning and then it just kind of dies down. We're texting heavy. Yeah. Then it dies down. Or we're hanging out strong one minute, then it dies down then the next minute it's nothing it's just like how so we it's go like from, the fizzle goes away it, it does we go from boom boom bound to what what is that uh you know i i and there's no explanation behind it or we're in a bomb ass relationship you're taking me out we're doing this we're doing that and then next you know it's one little argument, you can find one little argument, one little something, and it goes from zero to ten. It's just like, what, what? And then you could easily cut me off with no oh, yeah. ties, no nothing. It's just like, well, damn, you're showing me a hundred percent that you care in the beginning, but one little argument, you can cut me off, and it's nothing. Oh, let me tell you, you asshole, Nat you motherfucker. Nat Lou talked about that specific situation. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna make sure you close pin that. Hold on to that one and get to that. Let me tell you about me. I'm very, and and a lot of people may not believe this or may not think this. I'm so green when it comes to dating and relationships and people. And I say that because when I'm in, I'm in. When I like you, I like you. I don't, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. I'm, I'm I'm showing my cards way fast in the beginning. And that's if I really like you. Mm-hmm. But now I've noticed the older I get, I'm not as vulnerable anymore because I'm afraid. Because you've been put down that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very afraid. And it's like, hmm, do I keep giving you opportunities to continue to hurt me? So now I'm at a point where I give... Now I'm not like that anymore. I'm a little green, but now I'm kind of giving giving everybody I meet the side eye. So it's like, hmm, you probably got three baby mamas at home. You probably got bitches calling your phone. You know, so that's that's what's going through my head when I meet people now. Mm-hmm. And it's probably, and you know, people call it being bitter or whatever, but it's like You're you can't help scorned. it. Yeah. <laughs> 
bitter black woman scorn. Here I am, wave my flag. But it was hard for me to identify if someone was being emotionally unavailable. So, Mo, tell us about the first sign that Nat Lou talked about being emotionally unavailable. <laughs> the one that I remember? No, the, the first one, um, the, just the first, we're going to start at the, the very top. We're going to talk about yours. Your, the one you told us about is towards the end. But we're going we're gonna to identify 10 key signs that you know someone is emotionally unavailable. Um, that one. Ooh, the blow hot and cold. Mm. A lot of people may not know what that Listen. is. We're going we're going we're going to dive into that. So, the first sign Nat Lou said that someone is emotionally unavailable to you is if they blow hot cold. So, her definition of that was they're cold. They're no, they when you start off when you first meet them, everything's good. The vibe's right. You're going now, you're hanging out, you're probably having sex. It's great sex. Then it dies down. And no, it doesn't just die down, it goes cold, quick. But before they let it get too cold, they warm it back up. But it's a continuing cycle. Mm. All the time. I was thinking, like, you know how many times I have experienced some hot cold shit or somebody blowing hot cold with me, and I just was like, okay, well, maybe they're going through something. I'm going to label you, you hot cold niggas. <laughs> maybe they're going, and see, we think because, oh, they're this person, they're that person, they, they have a good job, they're really into me, I've met their family, I've met their kids. They bought me gifts, but then all of a sudden, they disappear. Or they don't really disappear, but they, they kind of fall back in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So blowing hot coal is very key because you will lose sight of a person blowing hot coal with you if they bring it back around and start doing all that shit they was doing to get you warmed up. So that's key one, blowing hot coal. So the second one she talked about was, which one was that? On their terms. Mm. Mm. Whew, I'm gonna I'm gonna sip my uh, <laughs> my Starbucks on that one. Sip it strong, girl. <laughs> Listen, the on terms thing with me, and correct me if I'm wrong. The my way or the highway type thing. It's a lot of niggas like that, but if it's my way. Or the highway, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because that is a sense of control for them. Got and I won't. I don't want to make this like a male bashing thing because women can be emotionally unavailable as well. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 think this is just a old oh, guys are emotionally unavailable. No, it's it's not that. It's anybody that you're dating or in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. On their terms, I was in a relationship like that. I was in a relationship where everything was on his terms. When we would hang out, when we would see each other, he wasn't ready for a relationship, but we were still doing relationship type shit. Mm -hmm. We were still hanging out, buying each other gifts, going on trips, doing all this stuff, but everything was on his terms. And here I am with my blinders on because he was, oh, this great guy. Oh, he had all this potential. Oh, he had all these credentials that I didn't realize that everything we did was on his terms. 
arms. Blinded. You know how the little horses have the little things, the little blinders on? That's how mm. I was. I had tunnel vision. And my tunnel vision was only for him. Mm. So think about that. Think about if someone is doing everything you want them to do, but it's only on their terms. They're emotionally unavailable to you. They want, it, they want to have the upper hand to be able to control every aspect of the relationship. And, and don't get me wrong, women can be emotionally unavailable. They can be emotionally unavailable at any point in time. There have been times, I, I will admit, there have been times where guys really liked me, and I was like, mm, nah. Oh, I'll go to dinner with you, and then I won't call you for a few days. That's me. <laughs> I can tell by the look in your face. Okay, because y'all know I'm married, right? And I did go through a little separation period, so... This is a judgment free zone, but y'all know I was, I am. No married. judging, yes. no judging. So during my little separation period, I did, you know, have my fun and that's fine. But I was big on you. If someone hit me up or they were just showing me sometimes, I would just be like, uh, nah. And then the one relationship that I did get in while I was separated, I found myself even just looking at these signs of emotional that unavailability part, it I saw that with him. And then I kept fighting for a relationship. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you're doing all this stuff for me and you're showing me that you want me in your life. Right. You asshole. I'm so glad. Ooh. But anyway, you're showing me that you want me there. And then I'm sitting here whining and crying. And then you throw it back in my face. I didn't want to be in a relationship anyway. Well, then why are you doing relationship things with me? You're hmm. taking me on trips. Hmm. You're buying me things. Hmm. You're telling me you love me. All oh, right. come move in with me. Here comes me. the good shit. I want to know why. <laughs> you made yourself emotionally available for me, but then you're not available. Stop playing these games with me. So another reason um, people do things on their terms is because they want to dictate the pace of the relationship. They want to dictate when they see you. They want to dictate when they hang out with you. They are avoiding being vulnerable to you. And I feel like that's what I was going through. Yeah. It was on your terms. You, you, when you didn't have another person available for you, you made me available for you on your terms. Absolutely. You hurt me on your terms. And it could be, it could, it could be that they're emotionally, because they can be dating or in an aspect of dating where they're not just dating you. Mm-hmm. And it may not be, oh, they're emotionally unavailable to you, but available to somebody else. But they could be emotionally unavailable to all of these people. A lot of times when people do things on their terms, is they're looking for an ego stroke. When they realize that you aren't that hot, that hot cold, there goes the hot cold thing again. When when they realize that you're starting to get cold or they've been cold to you, here they come, warm you back up with the hot cold. They need a stroke of the ego. Hey. And you know what? It's so funny because I swear to God in heaven, everything that Nat Lou talked about on her podcast said everything about my ex. Every single thing. And I was just like... 
damn, she know this nigga better than me. Like, when did she ta- when did she have a moment to step into my life? Like, since she read my entire relationship. <laughs> what, did I leave my sis come hug me? Right. right now. Brought did, a tear to my eye. Do you have like Siri like spying on me or something? <laughs> like <laughs> So hot cold and on their terms. So the next one that she talks about is keeping it casual. so keeping it casual would be oh i'm not looking for a relationship i'm not the settling kind (sighs) marriage isn't for me you're they're not fully invested in you they do all these great things and validate you as a, they they do all these great things and, and validate what you have as a relationship, but it doesn't have any fucking depth. It's like you're doing this great thing, you're having this good time, and there's no validity to it. It's it's like I mean, it's good one day, and then the next day it's just like, hmm, no, Mm-mm. no, not there. Could it be there? I'm sorry, did I miss something? And I. The keeping it casual people, I feel like people who always be like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not ready for a relationship, or I'm not the relationship type." So what are you, what are you doing? What are you pursuing? Why are we even talking? Why are you dating people? Why are you giving your phone number out? Why are you going on dates? Why are you attempting to go on dates? Why are you having sex? Why are you gifting me? Why are you? exchanging energy with me that would have me to assume that you want to be in a relationship. Why are you telling me you love me? Why are you telling me, oh, let's possibly do this one day, but I'm not the marrying type. Oh, I'm not relationship material, but I'm going to try. Don't give me all of these potentials, but you don't want to potentially try. Fuck out of here. Trash. (laughs) Somebody's getting a little heated up. Yes, because I've been down that road, and I'm just going to say, this is is the behavior that drives individuals crazy. You play with people's minds. It's narcissist behavior. I can't stand it. I can't. You play with people's minds by sitting there telling them, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I love you. Okay? You want me to cook you dinner every night, and you come home from a hard 12-hour shift. But I don't want to be in a relationship. Fuck out of my face. Don't play mind games with people. You want a relationship values from me, but you don't want a to be in a relationship with me. You're playing mind games with me. And people fall for this every day. Don't do it. And I won't say it's a fall for it type thing. I think you come in and you're like, hey, I like you. Let's kick it. You can't help who you fall for, too. And you kick it, and this person has these qualities that you like about them, and they're doing things knowingly and unknowingly to draw you in, and then you're there. Right. And then you're the only, then you realize you're the only table, you're the only person at the table ready to eat. And your date just stood you up. Not, not literally, but in hindsight. So, hot, cold. On their terms, keeping it casual. The next one is what I thought was kind of funny. Um, it's they. She said they seek perfection. 
And I really didn't understand what she meant by that until I listened to it maybe two or three times. And she said, um, they seek perfection. They act like they're really into you. But halfway through, they say, oh, well, I always thought that if we were going to be in a relationship that it would be, we would be here by now. Or I would feel this way about you by now. But they're saying that as a, a skirt, like an exit. Like, Ooh. let me say this so I can hurry up and skate to the left. I have been there. And it's like, you don't have to seek perfection in your relationship. Any type of relationship, whether it be casual or whether you're, you know, just starting out, just so, just starting a date. When you are trying to seek perfection... They make you feel like that you have to be perfect or have to be something that you're not or that they're looking for something perfect. And they're really not looking for some something or someone perfect. They're looking for a perfect exit. A perfect way out. A perfect exit just to be like, oh, this was fun. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and exit stage left. Prime example, when I was in my situationship, he would say, oh, I don't think bartending in the club is for you. So I went and got a desk job. Oh, I really thought that you would be somewhere different by now. Oh, you need to do a little better with your life. Okay. So I went and got my bachelor's degree. Got my bachelor's degree. Oh, I really just thought you would be doing so much better for now. And every time you would tell me that, just to keep my relationship with you, I would level up. Mm. But then every time I leveled up, I would level up higher than you were doing in life. Mm. So I don't think you could take that. So I, hmm. I sat back to myself thinking, I'm leveling up, but I'm doing 10 times better than you. You mm. motherfucker. Mm. And, and then it was just to try to knock you down to see exactly how things were going to go. Because that that truly was an exit for him. So I don't think he was expecting you to level up. I don't think he was expecting you to, to try to do the things that he was placing as an exit. Mm-hmm. And then when you did, it was like, I don't have, I don't, I'm scrambling for shit. I don't have nothing to come back with. Mm-hmm. And so eventually you realize, or if you're that person, you realize you're not even healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. You're giving me all the fire under my ass to really do better, but you're not motivating me to get in that situation. You're actually kind of tearing me down mm-hmm. and, and almost degrading me in a sense to put me in a position to be like, oh, I need to do better. Not because you're saying, hey, love, what are you trying to do with yourself? Or what can I help you or motivate you do? You're you're trying to tear me down in a sense saying, oh, I thought you would be in a different position. Well, um, that's not something that we talked about. Or maybe that wasn't a goal for me. But you pushed me to a point to make it a goal only for me to realize that you didn't really want the best for me. You wanted a way out mm-hmm. or a scapegoat. And now that I've kind of done, done the things that you said I should do, now you don't have nothing else to say. Yeah, and he did that same thing when he left his other woman to be with me. She mm. doing better than you. And that's all it took. Next thing you know, she left you. Dummy. <sighs> these, not all niggas ain't shit. <laughs> Some of these women ain't shit either. But you know. Oh, very true. Who am I? And so we're on Facebook Live right now. So shout out to everyone watching us on Facebook Live. 
Um, so Willie Leach said, sometimes people say that because the person they started off with isn't the person they're currently dating, it's not an exit, it could be a warning. That's true. Thanks. But I feel like when you're always bringing up some type of, or seeking some type of perfection or trying to make that person perfect, it's not always a warning. And a warning could be a different type of conversation. Mm -hmm. A warning is not a teardown. A warning is not a, oh, well, I'm trying, I I want things. It's like you have a timeline or you like, oh, well, I thought I would have been here by now. Or I thought we would have been here by now. There's no timeline on how things should go in your relationship. You can't, that's just like saying, oh, I thought I'd be married at 35. I mean, I'm 37, I'm still single. I thought I would have been, oh, making six figures, this, this, this. Okay, not quite six figures yet, you know. However, when someone is constantly trying to seek perfection in the relationship, they are looking, I personally feel like it's a scapegoat. They're Mm -hmm. looking for a way out. And it's kind of no way around it. It's how you position it. If you want it to seem like positive feedback, then that's how you position it. So, no, I don't think so. I, I think totally differently. Um, it could be a warning if you're in a position to make it p- a positive, like, oh, well, maybe this is not where I thought we would be. Don't use it as an excuse. Right. You know. So, hmm. No, 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 Mr. Leach. Not this time. Um, so, the next one <laughs> is a good one. Actions not matching words. Mm. So Netlu said, they say they don't want a relationship, but they're really into you. Um, you've met their kids, their parents, you take trips. Ooh. You're doing all these great relationship type things, which are actions, but their actions are not matching the words that they're saying. So the words that they're saying could kind of fall under the keep it casual. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a relationship or the hot cold. Or things being on their terms. And it could work vice versa. It could also work where you see the words, which are, I'm not looking for a relationship. I want to keep things casual. But you ignore the actions. Because the actions that they're providing are speaking relationship. But the words they're saying is, nah. And like they say, actions do speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. Which I do agree. Mm -hmm. But... Damn, you putting jewelry on me, you taking me out, mm. you loving me down. Speak, sis. You sexing me up like you, oh, like we in some Zane's Chronicles. Ooh, I miss a good Zane book. I, I know. You remember the shows? Oh, the yeah. books are better. Yes. The books but are way better. you doing all of this, and it's just like, why are you doing this to me, and you don't want me? If that's the case, stay the fuck away from me. There's because, other potentials out there. Right. Because they are emotionally unavailable. Their actions are not matching their words. Their words are not matching their actions. However, we call those red flags. We call those red flags. Those are things that you see, but you're blinded by, once again, the great potential. Oh, they got this great job. They're such a good dad. She's such a great mom. She's very family-oriented. He is this, they're that, blah, 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 blah. It's a no for me. (laughs) All right, so the next one is my favorite one. 
It's called, she said it's called Living on Crumbs. The Living on Crumbs ration. Um, so what Living on Crumbs means is that they're feeding you the bare minimum to keep you full. Um, she said when you accept crumbs, you end up hungry and you exaggerate that person. Now, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> This one, that one kind of stung a little bit because I was in a relationship where all of this stuff happened to me, like exactly this stuff. He was hot, cold. He was hot, cold. He wanted things on his terms. He wanted to keep it casual. I wouldn't say that he seeked perfection, but he would also say things like, oh, well, why aren't you here? Or I'm here. Why aren't you where I am? type thing his actions weren't matching his words and I was literally living on crumbs I would live on these moments where we would do stuff together once a month or we would see each other twice a month or he that one time he did something for me when I really needed him oh he was definitely unavailable exactly but I was so blinded by the potential of him as a man that I was living off crumbs. And you know what's funny? We had a, I had a conversation with him this week because I sent him that loose podcast. And I told him that he was emotionally unavailable. And he said something to me. And I said, well, I'm sorry if I'm no longer, con- con- I'm, if I'm no, no longer excited about living off the crumbs that you have fed me over the past five years. Mm. And he said, he said, well, I'm sorry if you felt like you were living off crumbs when I was feeding you a side of steak. And it's it's so funny how people think they are giving you fucking filet mignon and you really getting dog food. Ooh, I'd have threw that back at him like, listen, sir, your steak was undercooked, (laughs) asshole. Eat that. Fuck out of here. so funny when people really think they're giving you five star quality type shit and they're not. They're giving you McDonald's drive through Because it's that ego. Mm-hmm. At one point, they're just so used to having that ego stroked. And when you're not stroking it, they try to throw it back up in your face as if, well, at one point, I was giving you this. Man, fuck out of here with what you was giving me. I'm talking about what you really was giving me. Crumbs. Asshole. <laughs> Asshole? Asshole. <laughs> sign so, sealed delivered. So another that sign was living off crumbs, getting the bare minimum, trying to make it more. When you accept crumbs, you end up hungry, and you exaggerate that person. Now, when she said you exaggerate that person, I was like, yeah, I've been there. Oh, girl. You, you make it – you – display this person to your family and friends as this tall man of honor or or this great woman that fell off of the top of the Christmas tree. And you are literally malnourished. Sis, my story was, y'all, he took me out the club. (laughs) He inspired me to get my education. I lost weight. I love myself when deep down I hated everything I was going through and I could not admit that and what was I getting I was getting played Hmm. I was getting down talked speak on it I was getting all types of things I was getting kicked out hurt down talked 
trashed. It was all types of things. And lo and, and behold, you were living off crumbs. And right. And every time we argued, the first thing he would say was, you wouldn't be anything if it weren't for me. Ooh. I made you Ooh. who you are now. Ooh. Motherfucker. Crumbs. crumbs. Hashtag crumbs. Ha- hashtag crumbs. <laughs> so another uh, another one Nat Lou talked about was timing. Explains why they aren't stepping up to you. Always using timing as an excuse. It's not a good time, but the timing will actually never be quite right. And the timing won't be quite right because they're not available. I've heard, I heard that one too. You know what? I'm trying to get my life together. I'm trying to buy this house. I'm trying to get divorced. I might be getting a job that might take me somewhere else. I'm still living with my mama. Girl. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they use timing as an excuse. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it in hindsight, the time will never be right. I, rem- I read this thing, and I've read it a million times on social media, and it says if I waited for all of my ducks to get in a row, I would never cross the street. So I just got to gather what the fuck shit, I got. I'd be in a row with the ducks. <laughs> Listen, gather the ducks whether it's 10 or 2, and get the fuck on. Move it. Because at some point, the timing is never going to be right. You have to make moves. Fuck the time. You have to create the time. Not wait on the time to be correct, but create that moment in which the time is just the perfect opportunity. So if a person is always giving you an excuse of timing, the time is never going to be right. If the timing was so perfect, why are, why if the timing was not so perfect for you, why are you dating? If the timing wasn't the best, then why would you approach me? If the timing was not at its best moment or opportun- opportune timing or opportune opportunity, why would you even call my phone, dial my number, any of that? Why waste my time? Hello, hello. What about my time? What about me? It's not always about your time. What about mine? I mean, you they blame it on timing, but in the midst of your timing, you're wasting my time. So appreciate my time in the midst of that. Absolutely. And you know, I and like I said, this is not a man thing and it's not a a woman thing. It's it's a people thing. I've wasted some time I'm, in my day. Hello, and I was going to say that I've wasted some time. I've wasted some time. I have conveniently held people around because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be by myself, mm-hmm. or filling that void. Yeah, I was out of a just fresh out of a relationship, and he wasn't shit, but he liked being around, and I liked him being around. But when he would want to be around more, I would like give him the stiff arm and be like, eh, eh, eh. "Nope, can't do that." Mm-hmm. So, yep, definitely timing. They use timing as an excuse. Um, I never got this one before, but she said sob stories. They get in the habit of telling the same story about why they can't be in a relationship. <laughs> I never got that, but I've heard stories. I heard stories of a girl say she she knew this guy, and every girl he would date, he would be like, oh, you know, I'm not in a relationship because of X, Y, and Z. But it became, like she said, it almost became comical because 
she knew she would introduce him to friends of hers. And every time he she would introduce him to different friends, he would tell all of the females the same sob story about why he couldn't be in a relationship because he was hurt so bad. His ex-wife did this, this, that, and the third. And he just wasn't in a good place. Bro, we five years down the line. How long are you going to not be in a good place? You yep. need therapy at this point if you're not in a fucking good space. Like... I ain't never, I've never experienced that one. So that one was kind of off for me. Women tell sob stories, I think. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Come on, sis. I, I, I've done it. Mm. I've done it. And it's not so more, it's not really a sob story. And I, sometimes I feel like I don't have to explain myself, mm-hmm. but I do. If someone says, well, why are you acting this way? Well, I treat you this way because I've been through this. I've been down that road before. Mm-hmm. And I'm just letting you know it's not you. It's me. It's not no bullshit. Okay. I'm just letting you know I don't trust people like that. Right. It's This is what happened to me. And if I'm treating you this way, this is wise. I'm not. It's not you. It's me. You know that it's not you. It's me is some type of cop out. Mm-hmm. But deep down with me, it's just like, look, if I treat you this way, it's because it is. You know, now that you say that, I I think I may have I've used the sob stories time or two. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it until you actually, till this very mm-hmm. moment. Um, I remember after getting out of a relationship with my daughter's father, he was so he was very abusive mm-hmm. physically and mentally. I used to always tell guys that I would meet, oh, I'm not my last relationship was really bad. I went through a lot. I never that I had never experienced physical abuse before, mm-hmm. and I'm just not in a good space. And literally, I used that story for a long damn. I just realized yeah. I was emotionally unavailable because mm-hmm. I was giving sob stories. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I've done it. Bitch, I just had a whole epiphany in this hole. Check. <laughs> Listen to this podcast three times. And skipped over that and one. And skipped that one. Yeah. I just thought about it because I had to tell that story to someone like, and this is just someone that's actually, and like I said, the whole, this whole podcast that we listen to, it's, it, it's got to do with relationships, but I think it can do with friendships too. Oh yeah. And I have someone that I'm friends with mm-hmm. and he is just amazing, but I feel like we're friends and you know, you have friends you talk to all the time. And sometimes right. you disconnect. And sometimes when you disconnect, you know why you disconnect. Mm-hmm. But he asked me one day, he was like, well, you're acting really funny. What's the problem? I was like, look, I've been through some things lately. So if I'm acting this way, this mm. is why. And, you know, I don't, I don't see it as a sob story. Even in relationships. Even when me and my husband got back together and I had to come out and tell him certain things, I went through this. This is why. And I'm not trying to sound like a crybaby or anything right. like that. But if we're going to be back together, we're going to work together on it. You know, yeah, not no sob story, but you know, you you let it out, you you cry it out, and you you know, and if the person really is available for you, they'll right. listen to you, and they'll work it out. If they're not, then they'll consider it a sob story. Mm. Big difference. It is. There is a difference. Okay. Damn, I didn't really catch that. No. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. Real story or sob story? So yours was a real story. It was a real story, but I content. I think what makes it a sob story is when you continually use it as a cop out. But if you use it, you use it for a reason. So say you were about to get in a relationship with someone, for example, with me. I was in that relationship with that person, and the motherfucker got in my face, and I'm just like, "Yo, you getting in my face, yelling? You didn't hit me before. You put your hands on me before. Right? Get out of my face." 
Because now I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. You're taking me back to that place. Right. And then, oh, that's just, you just, just that's copping out, that's copping out. Ain't no copping out. It's a real thing. Yeah. So it's a difference. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think people realize that you can be PTSD from oh, very traumatic events like that in your lives. So, mm-hmm. all right. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. I like that one. I feel like I could relate to that one now. I couldn't relate to that one before. Um, the very next one um, is very strong or intense start. So, I this is when things start off like full speed ahead. You're spending all this time together. You're inseparable. You're together every day. Oh, my God. You're having probably lots of sex. And you don't see the red flags early because they're just, like, whining and dining you. You're spent, they're, they're showing you the best sides of them. And they're good and it's, stuff. Yeah, and it starts them. very early, and it's soon, and it's fast. And you see people, and they be like, oh, y'all already, like, calling each other bae and this and that and the other and y'all just met two weeks ago but that's the intense start that's the strong start you start off super strong and before you can see their humanness or their flaws or anything else they fucking bail Mm. and i've experienced that only like once or twice so that was another one that i couldn't relate to I couldn't relate to this one. However, I, I've seen it happen to other people. Me too. I've seen it happen to friends. They start off really strong. Things are really great. And I'm looking sideways because I don't really trust people like that. And then all of a sudden, boom. The number you have reached. <laughs> it's no longer down. <laughs> so very strong or intense. Story. That's 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 one of the key signs because sometimes I think when people start off things really strong or intense, it's like a cop out from their reality. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen people in real life relationships go get in other relationships, start it off real quick, do all this stuff because they're unhappy with their current situation. Mm-hmm. And they bail because shit got sweet back at home. Yeah. So they're like, oh, okay, thanks for the time. I had fun. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so I don't know if that is the most relatable thing, um, but that's what I kind of took from that. This that's, this situation sounds like something I've seen in movies. Mm. Yeah, a lot of them. Oh, we're going on vacation. We're going to be out in Bahamas for about a week. Everything's hot and heavy for that week. They fall in love a little bit. Boom. Two days before they bounce. Get get back. Uh. Uh-uh. Get back home. Step off the plane. You don't hear from there. This is not Stella in Winston. <sighs> that was a good movie. It was. Winston was. The book was hot. even better. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last and final. Final key point of realizing that someone is emotionally unavailable. Whew, this one's a good one. They are in and out. And by being in and out, they are always looking to have some type of attachment. So I would relate this one a lot to exes mm-hmm. because they want to continue to have some type of um, foothold in your life. They are pretending to be your friend and you you go for it. You're like, oh yeah, we're friends. Or they say shit to you like, nobody knows me like you do. I can't talk to my girl like I talk to you. But really it's just a it's just a trying to keep a placeholder 
right. on your bookshelf. You know, they're looking for a way to always just kind of keep that little, keep some type of attachment to you. I don't give a shit if it's a fingernail that they holding on to. They want to hold on to something to reel you back in because you thinking this was, excuse me, this was my best friend. I really knew them. They really knew me. And that's the shit that they're feeding you to continue to have you, like I say, in their back pocket. <laughs> so in and out. And I, you know what? I have an ex that is like that. I'm talking about I don't give a fuck what it is. I don't care how long we don't talk. They find some type of way to keep me or keep some type of attachment to me. They will send messages through my friends, my family. They will make it their business to share my podcast or inbox me because we don't, we don't talk. We don't, I block them from my phone because I feel like it's too much. Like, stop. Stop trying to have an attachment to me. Stop trying to put me in a position where you want to remind me how much you love me. Or you want to remind me about good times. And try to overplay on my emotions. Mm-hmm. Because I do have a placeholder in my heart for you. However, I'm not there anymore. And I... I blocked them for those reasons because I would get text messages and we would, and then I would find myself like kind of just getting sucked back into just their little warp. As soon as I get back sucked in, they tell me shit like, oh, I got a girlfriend. Why are you bothering me? And that book that's on the shelf with your name on it is burnt, bitch. Placeholder. Burnt. Placeholder. So... This one really hit home to, hit home for me because I don't want to be your friend. I always feel like I can't be friends with my exes because I, I always feel like they're going to use that as a, a way to kind of take advantage of my vulnerability for them. So I, I, I've never been the one. I'm cool with some of them, but some of the ones that I'm cool with, mm-hmm. I I know I have tunnel vision with them. Mm-hmm. Like I could never fuck with you in that aspect. Right. Like we can be in a room by ourselves and, and, and never have one of my exes. Huh, we hung out, went out one time. I think it was, it was some type of holiday or something. Anyway, we both got stupid drunk and he came back to my house and we slept in the same bed together. Woke up the next day, went to breakfast and he went on by his way and I went on by mine. But I've had so many, I'm at a place with him that I, he knows you, that you could just never go back yeah. down that same yeah. road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's good that y'all both understand that. Yeah. Because some, you have that understanding on your end, but some with your other exes, they may think, oh, it's back to square one where we were at the other yeah. time. If y'all have that same understanding, that's a good thing because some people, child. Yeah. And, and and that's why I say, like, in and out, they, they want to, they're in, they're here for a little bit, they, get, they do enough to to drain you. Shoot, that in and out can kind of coincide with that hot and cold. Yeah. Hell. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But see, the difference between the in and out and the high and cold is the in and out is is for longer periods of time. They pop back in. They're not keeping any constant relationship with you. They're not doing anything with you. They're not feeding you crumbs or mm-hmm. anything like that. High and cold, y'all have something. You right. might not talk for two or three days. That's the high and cold type thing. Or you might not hear from them for like a week or so, but then they pop back up when the ego stroke needs to happen. So... Ten, the ten signs of a person, a person being emotionally unavailable to you is high and cold. Um, in addition to high and cold, everything being on their terms, they want to keep it casual. They're seeking perfection. Their actions not matching their words. You're living on crumbs that they give you um, as far as giving, them giving you the bare minimum. They're always talking about how time, the timing isn't right. They give you sob stories about why they currently aren't in a relationship. They have a very intense or strong start, and then things kind of just fall at the wayside. And last but not least, they are in and out. So now that we have identified those things or those signs, how if you're experiencing emotional unavailability with your partner mm-hmm. or the person that you're dating, how do you communicate this with them? It's kind of hard to communicate it if you're blindsided, though, because a lot of us are blindsided. And then we don't really realize it's going on until the end, until it's almost over. Mm. I know with me, I didn't realize I was going through it until it was over. And then at that point, there's no point in communicating it, communicating it because you know who you're dealing with at that point. It's over. Yeah. You don't want to go back to that. Yeah. Now, if you really feel that there's some potential to it, then, hey, communicate it with, with the person. But some of these signs, if you think about it, you can fix. I mean, it's communicatable. Yeah. But it all just depends on the person. Yeah. You know, you have some people that you can actually sit down and talk to and be like, hey, babe, this is bothering me. You know, but my ex, he was, you know, verbally and physically abusive to me. So it's hard to communicate that with someone that you know deep down in your heart is just going to destroy you. Yeah. So how do you communicate that? Me, I would have just said, you know what, I'll write it down, give it to him, and then walk away and leave. Let him know, hey, you did this to me. It probably wouldn't change nothing about him. Right. But as long as I know I got it off my chest, it makes me feel better. I'm going to tell you, it's funny because I've had this on-again, off-again relationship with my ex. And so we we were currently on again. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Just trying to, not really like a hot and heavy on again, but trying to figure it out mm-hmm. type on again. And when I heard this podcast, like out of these 10 qualities, I think he exudes nine of them. Oh, damn. Like a heavy nine, almost 10. Um, the only only thing, well, no, I would say 10 because he, he, he falls into the sob story thing now that we kind of hit home on that today. And I made it my business to send him this podcast and he, <laughs> the funny thing to it is I sent him this podcast to communicate this with him. The, I, and I told him these are some of the behaviors that I feel like you exude. And the reaction you got was. And the reaction I got was so funny because all of the shit that Nat Lou said that he would say, he said. He said, um. Hmm. Let me see. Hold on. Look, let me go back to my text messages. The curve. <sighs> um, let's see. Oh, he blamed our biggest problem on being far away. 
from each other. Girl, he lives in Atlanta. Girl, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. First of all, shut the fuck up, bruh. So that was one. So then he also said that um, he hit me with the, I'm not perfect. And I'm not intentionally trying to confuse you or steer you in a bad direction. The cop-out. That was a cop-out. Yeah. And then he said, I'm sorry for feeding you crumbs with a side of steak. Which was, I thought was so funny. Man. I thought that was so funny because just thinking back in hindsight on how he has always been, he was always hot and cold. He would be good for a few months. We'd be good for a few months, and then he'll get cold. Mm. He'll be, he always talked about timing. He always talked about how he had just got out of a 10-year relationship, and he wasn't ready for anything serious. Mm. He always talked about how marriage wasn't, um, he didn't believe in marriage. And I remember we got into an argument one time, and I said, of course you don't believe in marriage. Your single mom raised you. Ooh. And your ch- your sons will probably never believe in marriage either because their single mom is raising them while Shots you're halfway across the country. Fired. And he was so offended. But that was so real. But men project how they they project their relationships, how their mothers raise them. So, for example, the mothers raise their kids a certain way. You see how these baby mamas are and they're your single baby moms. But the way these sons see their moms treating their dads, that's exactly how they're going to start treating the other women that they get in relationships with. They yeah. see it. It's negative energy. So you're right. Yeah. And he was offended, but I was serious. I was like, of course you don't believe in marriage. Your, your single mom raised you and your brothers. Uh, of course, your sons may not believe in those type things because their single mom is raising them. What about your daughters whose single mom raised them? He has four kids. He has two two girls and two two boys. Mm. You know, and of course you don't believe in that. And of course my beliefs are different because my my two parents raised me. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't always the two, you know, my two parents. My mom was a single mom for eight years, the first eight years of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, but ever since when she married my stepdad, it was like things were totally different. I look at how things were when it was just me and her. And then I look at how things were when it was like all four or all three of us or all four of us. Mm-hmm. Like she was different. She was way different. So... I said all of that to him to communicate with him how I felt. And his way of communicating back with me, I felt was a cop-out. I felt like the whole I'm not intentionally trying to hurt you thing is you not acknowledging your behavior mm-hmm. in the situation. Or you not acknowledging my feelings, period. Mm-hmm. But then I had to take a look at any of my relationships. Like, I had this conversation with somebody else and... He was just, like, so offended, Mm -hmm. and he kept saying that I said he was emotionally unstable. I was like, I didn't say that. Did you listen to anything? I was like, well, maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. Have a blessed day, sir. I was like, no, let me give you reference. And then, you know, he accused me of, he said, I think you're trying to coach me on how to, he said, I feel like you're trying to coach me. I said, you got damn right. I'm trying to give you my care instructions on how to care for me. You are very unaware of how to care for me in a relationship. And not just a, 
a dating type relationship, but even as your friend, Mm -hmm. you are unaware of how to care for me. So yes, you motherfucking right. I'm going to give you my care instructions because you are very unaware of how to care for me because of your behaviors and how they affect me. And you don't even fucking see the trees for the forest. Mm. And he, he was more so offended because he felt like I was calling him unstable and then he accused me of being in my feelings I said you know I'm so tired of when you communicate with men they accuse you of being in your feelings or they'll reverse it and say well the reason I did this was because you did that and instead of you communicating with me you retaliated in some type of way to try to offend me or hurt my feelings my actions were because of you doing this 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 that and the third and that's a cop out I mean and I've done that I've done that. I've said, oh, well, I did this because you did that. But that didn't make it right. Mm -mm. What should have made it right was effective communicating with my partner or the person that I was dating. So I feel like if you have recognized these signs in your mate or loved one, I feel like you should communicate them. But at the point of communication, there needs to be a, so now that I've identified these behaviors, how do you, how do you see them in yourself and are you willing to change or do you feel like it's something that could be changed? If not, I don't want to waste our time. Right. And a lot of them aren't going to change because it's all learned behavior. Mm. It's learned behavior. Learned behavior Talk is about learned, learned behavior. behavior. It's learned behavior. It's learned behavior from the time they learn it. It's, it's becomes a habit. It's learned. It sticks. It's- I remember telling one of, I remember telling, um, telling somebody that the way they act was learned behavior and they were like what i was like you watched your dad treat your mom that way mm-hmm. now you which treat is why you tre- which is why you way. treat my treat me that way right. and you think that it's cool because your mom took it but since i'm up here cussing and fussing you don't know how to react to that so you feel like i'm being defiant no you take your learned behavior that I can't fucking deal with, and you take that shit somewhere else because it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely feel communication. I, I tell people all the time, um, communication is awesome, and I feel like that should be any of these signs that you may feel like somebody exudes. You should definitely communicate that with them. However, you should be ready for something that you don't want to hear, or you should be ready on part two of what you think will happen, which will probably be the non-existence of your relationship Mm -hmm. again. Because I feel like when you're so far into it, at this point, recognizing those 10 things, there's nothing healthy about this relationship. Right. There's nothing healthy about it. It's not going in a way that is going to be conducive for you or that person, especially you, because you're probably fully vested. And they're just like, nah, I'm here. I'm here, I'm here. And when I'm not, I'm not. Right. You're giving 85. They giving nothing. So the best, I think how to move on is just starting to realize your worth. Mm -hmm. Realizing that I I had this conversation with my best friend and she said, she's probably going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I felt like it was, it was very effective and a very effective effective practice she said um as far as she said as for me with the whole moving on i'm practicing saying you're not satisfying my emotional needs 
and say the specific reasons why out loud so I can hear myself say them and so that when the time presents itself, I won't have to search for the words to describe exactly how I feel. And you know what's crazy? When I was having this text conversation with my ex and he was telling me how he was feeding me steak, um, I kept going back and forth to the thread of me and my best friend And I kept reading that. I'm practicing saying you're not satisfying my emotional needs and say the specific reasons why out loud so I can hear myself say them and so that when the time presents itself, I won't have to search or scramble the words to describe how I feel. That is so fucking key because you get in, when you're expressing to yourself how, when you're telling somebody that you're not satisfying my needs emotionally, They're going to say, how? And if you don't come tell them the specific reasons, they're going to feel like you're pulling shit out your ass. Mm -hmm. Or they're going to try to, like, call your bluff on these type things. I'm saying you're copping out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or they're going to try to call your bluff on on these type of things. So my best advice as far as, I'm going to give you her advice that she gave me as far as moving on. Practice telling people what they're not doing for you, whether it's emotional, whether it's mentally, whether it's sexually, because I feel like the more you don't say, the more you send mixed signals. Mm -hmm. And even though you may claim to be emotionally available at that time, you sending mixed signals shows unavailability. Mm -hmm. Facts. So moving on has to be something that you're ready for. It has to be a point where you're like, okay, now that I've, we have identified these, these things in our relationship, this is where I'm ready to go. And if you're not ready to go with me, you have to be okay with that. You have to be like totally fine with whatever steps happen next. So I, I think that was, this was good. I feel like I got some therapy today. Ciao. I feel like I'm going to just shout right now. Woo. Mm. But I ain't going to shout. I'm going to scare nobody. Okay. So, emotion. <laughs> <laughs> listen, my shout, my praise on a whole nother level. Um, but definitely, um, thank you guys for allowing us to share. Because we don't just we don't just come sit at the table and talk about mm-hmm. shit. Like, I listen to a, quite a few other podcasts. Um, and, and this one just kind of really hit home for me. This one made me feel like I have wasted my time with a lot of people who didn't deserve my time. But it also made me realize that I myself have been emotionally unavailable and I need to get my shit together when Mm -hmm. I, when I don't want to be bothered, I, I'm not going to go to dinner no more just because I'm hungry or just because I can eat. That's case I make my own damn dinner. Uh, I might not. I might pull up on a drive through or something. But Lord, <laughs> Father help us. I can't. I have to practice the things that I have to learn to practice the things that I want to receive from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was this hit home. I think this was very good nourishment for our souls today. Um, I think we hit a, a whole lot of points that people could really relate to. Um, and that's the one thing that I pride myself on when it comes to conversations with Mo. I, I want to be relatable because I get so many people that inbox me and say, well, talk about this or talk about that. And I don't like to be that person that would be like, oh, yeah, that happened to me too. But sometimes 
people need to hear that it happened to you mm-hmm. because they need to feel like, okay, I'm not the only person going through this. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure we talk about subjects that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, people can identify because a lot of, I didn't realize this emotional unavailability until I heard a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so major, major shout out to Natalie Lou. She also has a book called Mr. Unavailable and the Fallback Guy. You can get that on Amazon. I'm going to order it because I want to read it. So I definitely suggest that if you're looking for more more content from her, definitely grab that book. She also has a podcast called The Rebaggage Claim. It is so, so, so dope. Um, so look her up. She's on Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure about any other platform she may be on, but she's so, so dope, and she's a vet in the game, and I appreciate this. This this was really, this really fed my spirit this week, so I, I thank her for that. Um, Mo, thank you for being here today. Appreciate you, that. Darling. Even though you weren't in the best of spirits. Let me tell y'all, it's been a rough week. Yeah, it has been. We made it, though. I made it, sis. Thank God I made it. She hit them vocals, though. Yeah, and they probably sound terrible. You know Make sure you edit that. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Maine for also being here with us in the studio again this week. Guys, that's it. That's it for us this week. We're going to hit y'all up next week. We appreciate y'all tuning in, and y'all have a good one. Bye, y'all. Bye. Conversations with Mo is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, and SoundCloud. Please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe.